and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast about classical education, philosophy, books, and today, the soul. My name is Thomas Magby. I'm joined as always by Mr. AJ Hannenberg. That's me. And Mr. Graham Donaldson. Hello. And since I don't have any witty retort to start with, AJ, I've already ruined your topic. What's uh, well, your... Here? You're out of the podcast. Oh, well, okay. uh, a lot of people have been you. describing our podcast as like, I was looking for something philosophical and mm-hmm. I found this podcast. I guess we're hitting up the old, we're getting the algos are finding us to be. I guess so. Do we get new reviews or something? Well, it's just, I've, we've gotten some emails and people are like, oh, I found you guys when I was looking for topics on philosophy. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, no. guess, I guess, I guess that's think, us. Do you not think we talk about philosophy? I guess so. We talk about it enough. Yeah, I, it's that. usually my thing. I yeah. usually bring in the philosophy books. I mean, I none of us. Well, I don't think we've gone as f- like further than Kant in terms of. Oh, we yes, we talked about um, um, obviously Satan fault. Rene Descartes. We Descartes. did the Republic. Yeah, yeah, but that's old. So I'm thinking in terms of like modern stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. Well, today we are doing part two of what I started during our live podcast, which is Aristotle's De Anima or On the Soul where he kind of develops his theory on what exactly the soul is. And then by way of review, what were some of the ideas that they had previously? Do you guys remember? So like of what the soul is? Yeah, yeah. It's a number. It's a number that's It's a like, moving number. Our that, souls are moving numbers. They can't be div- – or is the same once it's divided? Something funny like that. Yeah. There was a really complicated one where you divide it into seven circles uh-huh. and then – anyway, uh-huh. moving number was one of them. Did he – was he – it was a tiny gland in our heads? No, that's Descartes. That's Descartes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that it's wind – Mm. Breathing oh, through you. Oh yes, moats, this, tiny tiny particles. That's right. Tiny right. particles, moats. Is it fire one? There's fire because like so, motion. Yeah. yeah. And they, it was that. What are the main things that a soul does for us? Do you guys remember? Well, isn't de anima? Couldn't it also be translated to on motion? I don't know. Oh, I think it's on the soul. Anyway, I know, motion is I'm, one of those yeah. things. So motion, perception. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's if, a, if you're thinking of animate, right? The, the soul moves you around. Right. Exactly. So those are some of the things we're looking for in book two. He kind of unveils his theory on what the soul is. So he's going to do that. He's going to talk a little bit about um, how to perceive that thing. And then he's going to talk about the senses and and where he kind of gets his, his ideas of what the senses are and what they do and why that matters. So first, we're going to start with kind of an idea of different substances. So substances can be of three types. Matter, which is like a potential thing. It's just like goo. So imagine you got some clay. It's just some matter. It's, mm-hmm. it's right there. Then there's form, which is the shape of the thing, Mm. right? The actuality of the thing. That's another type of substance. So you have the clay, and then you have an idea of like what a cup would be. And then you have the combination of the two, which is the third thing. Mm. If there are those three types of matter, then what soul is, he says, would be form. Mm. So let me read you a quote. One kind then of the things that there are we call substance, and part of this group we say to be so as matter. That which is not itself a particular thing. A second part we say to be so as shape and form, in accordance with which, when it applies, a thing is called particular. So we have our matter, and then we have our form. And a third as that which comes from the two together. Now matter is potentiality, form is actuality, and this in two ways. One that which is knowledge, and one that's contemplation is actual. So he he basically says there's the the matter, there's the form, and then there's the combination of the two, which is all of it coming into actuality, right? Okay. Okay, so our so body... Our, so my soul is the form of Graham. Kind of, yes. We're gonna. He's going to sort of okay. expand upon it. So bodies are substances, okay. right? Like above. Yep. Some have life and some don't. Um, those that have life are... We denote that by self-nourishment, growth, and decay, right? That's the most basic thing of life. You eat, you grow, you die. That's the basics. 
Um, every body that partakes of life is substance. And so here are the definitions, right? I'm going to kind of give two versions of it. One's a little earlier and one's a little later. So soul is substance as the form of a natural body, which potentially has life. So that's the, that's what a soul is. The form of a natural body, which potentially has life. And since this substance is actuality, soul is the actuality of such a body. Yeah. The, the, the word here that we're looking for is entelechy, entelechy. How do you pronounce that? Do you know? I think it's entelechy. Mm-hmm. It means like the actuality of something. Mm-hmm. So it's substance as the form of a natural body, which potential has life. So there is the substance. It can be a body. It can become a thing that's living. And then it is the form of that that is the soul. So if you had like a Frankenstein monster on the stretcher in front mm-hmm. of you, in the lab in front of you, and you stitched all these parts together, you had potentiality. You've got potentially. You've got, you've got 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 the the, substance. You've got the substance. And then for it to be alive, you need to combine, that's the third part, that substance with its form, which is a soul, but you can't just like make that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not a substance. Yeah. Not really. Okay. So Um, what is it? Is it? It is that thing in actuality. So I I have a couple examples here. Um, Good. That'll clear it up. So he says, (laughs) we should not then inquire whether the soul and body are one thing any more than whether the wax and its imprints are. So you have wax and then you have like an imprint in the wax. Mm -hmm. So that's not the wax. It's something else. So here are the examples that he uses. He says, um, it's kind of like an ax. In the same way, if some tools say an ax were a natural body, its substance would be being an ax and then this would be its soul to actually like chop and be an axe, right? So it's an axe, and if it's actually doing the act of chopping, that's when we call it an axe. Gotcha. If it's not chopping, it's just like potentially an axe. Mm-hmm. It's just a body. It's much easier to understand if we're talking about an eye, right? If the eye was an animal, then sight would be its soul, okay. right? The activity of the eye, being the substance of the eye that is in accordance with the account of it. Ooh, can we pause for a second? Yep. Is, he, is he conflating soul with telos, the, fu- the function of a thing? Is that the same thing, the purpose? So purpose, no. Function, yes. Well, I cleared it up. So (laughs) purpose would be like that thing for which it's maybe maybe your purpose is to teach. He's not talking about the teaching. Your functioning is more what your soul is. But no, my purpose is to to be happy, according to Aristotle. Sure. But he, like the soul gives no craps about whether you're happy or not. It is your functioning and sensing and doing things. So for, for an eye, to continue this quote, and the eye is the matter of sight, so that when sight leaves it, it's no longer an eye except by having the same name, like a stone or a painted eye, right? Once the eye can't see anymore, we wouldn't really call it an eye. It's just a dead thing. Or a broken eye. Or a broken eye, yeah. right? It's, it's not really doing the thing. The soul of an eye is sight. Okay. So the soul of you is doing the things that a body with organ normally does, right? So they, there's, there could be a dead body in a morgue, doesn't have a soul, right? It's not doing any of its activities. It's not actually breathing. It's not actually moving. It's not sensing. It's not doing any of that. It's dead. Mm. The soul is that thing sort of actually doing that stuff. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. You guys with me so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for just as for just as each part of perception stands to each part of the perceiving body, so does the whole of perception stand to the whole perceiving body as such. So just as your eye sees, mm-hmm. right, and that's only one part of the body, if we're talking about the whole body, your perception is like all the things that you perceive. And that's that's kind of what makes the soul, is you your body doing the perceiving, doing the actions of what a body should do. 
Okay. Thoughts so far? Just thinking that it means the soul's like, wouldn't I say then the soul is like the electrical signals like existing in my body? Like the fact that I'm able to do things is my soul, right? Like yeah. That's what, that's, what it, that's what I'm hearing him say. Yeah, like when, if modern Aristotle really could sort of break down the substance and the, the mechanisms of the body, would he look at the sort of the, electro, the, the, the electricity signals in our brains that are causing neurons to fire? And would he say, yep, that's it right there? Because that's the thing that's causing the, mo- the movement. Motion, right. Or would he say, or, is, or does he fundamentally say, no, it is something sort of supernatural or non-material? Well, I think, I think the third book is going to change this a little bit. I think when he gets into intellect, things change. And that's where he identifies the eternal part of the soul. Yeah. It's the thing that cannot really be, be destroyed. destroyed. But I also think he doesn't really identify an organ where the intellect lies, which is different for us. We mm-hmm. would identify In the, the brain, brain. Yeah. right? Um, and so I think for him, because he doesn't really realize what the brain contains and what it is doing and all that stuff, he, he sort of, I, again, I'm not there yet. I think that's chapter three. He hits all the other senses first, which is the end of this book. Um, but I think if Aristotle were alive today, he would say, yes, that's essentially what it is. Your body is running, it's doing things. And that, like that actual real functioning of the body is the soul, soul. right? It's the body doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is very different than everybody else had thought previously, right? Mm -hmm. It was something sort of getting into the body and animating it from without something attached to it. So let me read you a quote. For substance is, as we said, spoken of in three ways, as form, as matter, and as the composite. So your body and your soul together. And of these, matter is potentiality, form the actuality, so the actuality of a real body, doing a real thing, that's your soul. And since the composite is in this case, the ensouled thing, a body actually doing stuff, It is not that the body is the actuality of the soul, but that the soul is the actuality of some body. So it is your body and all the potential that comes with it being actual, being alive and doing things. That's what your soul is. And for this this reason, they have supposed well who have believed that the soul is neither without body nor a kind of body. So the soul isn't outside and it's not a specific kind of body for it is not a body, but belongs to a body. And for this reason is present in a body and a body of the appropriate kind and not in a way that our predecessors attached it to a body like fire or air or whatever else it was. Moats. Yeah, moats, making no additional determination as to what body or what kind of body, although it does not even seem to be the case that anything receives anything else contingently. So it is, it is not received. It's not an outside thing animating you. It's, it is your body in actuality, like the entelechy of your body, your thing coming to fruition. Okay. Right? Form actually bringing that substance into real being. Makes sense. Yeah, you guys yeah. on board? Dragon. Dragon. Okay, so he says, if your body is, is the thing doing the sensing, right, your job is sensing stuff, that's what your soul is doing, then there's a, there's a whole bunch of different senses. And it turns out they're kind of a hierarchy. Some of them you can separate from life. Some of them you can't really separate from life. And he recognizes that the most basic is nutritive, meaning you eat <laughs> really? I do. and grow, Okay, right? This is the most basic form of life. If I you separate, grow while eat from eating. Yeah, if you separate the nutritive, what happens to the body? You die. I stop growing. Yes, you stop, you stop growing. Mm-hmm. Things stop growing and you diminish and then you decay and you mm-hmm. die. So that's one piece of life that can't really be separated. Mm-hmm. One step up from nutritive, which is just like what plants have, right? Mm, yeah, okay. Plants, mm-hmm. they grow, they decay. That's our whole deal. Mm-hmm. Right. 
which by the way, there's a fun little section where he's kind of talking about plants and nutrition and in how some people say it's, they're reaching upward and mm-hmm. also reaching the weird complications with earth. Um, this part in the, in the story is actually where we get into really weird, strange science where I didn't read as closely as I probably should have, because all of it, almost all of it is science that we have since left far behind about how things nourish themselves. He talks about opposites and you need something of the same kind and then the opposite kind and you need heat to digest. That's mm. why mammals are warm mm. is because that's how we digest is with heat. Interesting. Uh, I don't know how what he thinks of lizards. Right. And so there's there's all of they this real heat. strange they science. Go in the sun. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, there's a lot that die, doesn't right? make a lot of sense. Sure. Um, and he points out that if we're really talking about like up and down, it's not even consistent with animals because plants, their head would be their roots. Oh, okay. Because that's where they eat. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. That's funny. He's not wrong there. Right? Yeah. Do you think do you think down is up for plants? Crazy. <laughs> is Graham thinking about it right now? You just trying um, to process that? No, they, down is they, up, man. They like sun. They do like the sun. Their feet like the sun, apparently. Yeah. And honestly, they they probably have more sense than we give them credit for. It's not just nutritive because you grow plants, mm-hmm. and they grow towards the sun. Correct. Heliotaxis. Yeah. They will find out where the sun is, and they will grow they towards will. it. I've got a succulent on my desk that's now reaching for the window, which is not great for the succulent. I should have put Why? him closer to the window. You want your succulents to stay, like, short and oh. squat, and um, but he wants the light, so he's been he's been growing and reaching for the light, and so now I'm worried about losing him. Yeah, I've got a little baby tree that is just plastered to my window, <laughs> yeah. just just trying to drink it up as much as he can. That's pretty um, Okay. Yeah. Okay, so there's the nutritive. And okay. so he didn't, I don't know if he really, he didn't really talk about the whole heliotaxis thing about plants moving towards the light. So he, he says that plants have souls? Yes. Okay, but rocks don't have souls. No, because they're they're, they have no, no senses. Gotcha. There's no senses. There's no nutritive soul. Mm-hmm. Like they're not growing and decaying. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, it is the actuality of the appropriate kind of body. Gotcha. So plants have organs just like... Other things have organs. Sure. Rocks, no organs. Yeah. So a body with organs can have soul. Plants have organs. They can have a soul. What's Their a- soul just is really basic. Okay. It is the actuality of the plant, and that means it grows and it dies. Right? That's yeah. the plant soul. It grows. Yeah. Is reproduction part of needing to have a soul? We'll talk about that in a okay. second. Reproduction is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then I'll bring in like a pet theory that I don't think we've ever talked about on the podcast. Oh, fun. Cool. Which is going to be fun. So nutritive can't be separated. A sense of touch is what separates animals from plants, oh. right? Because with touch comes pleasure and pain. And so it also brings desire. You want the pleasure, you don't want the pain. And so this is what sets animals apart from plants. So I, the fact that when I scratch my dog behind his ears and he looks at me with those, lo- that, uh, those eyes of love, my plants don't do this. Your plants don't do this. But you don't think so? You don't think if you talk to your plants, they grow a little, they're a little, they, you don't think if you you know, love your plants and talk to them that they're, they feel it, that they I, love you. So this is why some of the science we've left behind is I think they actually do respond to certain yeah. types of music and certain types of speaking and certain vibrations. Plants respond. But clearly not in the same, to the same height and degree as like a dog. As a dog, yeah. right. Yeah. They're not, they, they respond, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they are experiencing pleasure sure, sure. or pain, okay. right? And so with pleasure, pain comes desire. So once you have touch, you've got desire. You want the ple- you want the pleasure, you want to avoid the pain. Well, we're, we're back to this. So animals feel desire. Yes, animals do feel desire. Your okay. dog wants to be petted. He does. He wants to hang out with me when I come over. I know he, that's he true. He definitely does. He desires things. He does desire, yeah. He wants a man to wake up in the morning. He does. Every morning he goes and boops her. 
Yep. Yeah. Leaves his crate, ignores me, <laughs> runs to the bedroom, funny. gives Amanda a boop, and then sits patiently until she rolls over. Yeah. It's a good dog. Yeah. He doesn't get in the bed. That would be a big no-no. He yeah. just sits on the edge of the bed. So Aristotle points out that soul, because like, the, the, one of the questions that nobody else had answered was, is a soul separable? Can you cut mm. it up? Right? What happens yeah. if you cut a body in half? And somebody was like, well, what if you cut up a worm? It's, it's not half a soul. They both have whole souls. Yeah. So he's saying it's just the body in actuality. So yeah, you can cut up a plant. That's, it'll be fine. Um, even insects. And this is, this is another bit of funny science. He's like, when you cut up insects, all their parts keep moving. So clearly they still have motion. They still, have, they still respond to touch and stuff. For a while. For, for a little bit. bit. Right. For a little bit. So c- clearly, like, you can do that. That's yeah. cool. And mm-hmm. then... But then unfortunately, so did chickens. Chicken. Mm. Yeah. True. So for, for Aristotle, there is a hierarchy okay. of these senses. Gotcha. Right? First is nutritive, and then there is touch, like, which kind of comes with, like, uh, touch is, I think, the most basic, and then sight, sound, taste, that sort of thing come right. next. And the very, the very highest is intellectual. So which, reason. Reason, which man has and nobody else has. And I, there, I haven't gotten to the chapter on that. That's, that's, that's book three, okay. and we're moving on. So that is, according to Aristotle, that's what separates man from the animal is the rational faculties. Yes. So right. nutritive, perceptive, mm-hmm. like seeing that stuff is there. Desiderative, which I think is desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, locomotive, meaning you can right. actually move around. There are some things that can touch, but they mm-hmm. can't really move. Chugga, chugga, choo, choo. And then intellective, right? So plants have nutritive, animals have that, plus at least touch, and then they move on. Gotcha. All in a series. Cool. Um, so in the nutritive, each... Each creature nourishes itself and reproduces. This is like the first and general faculty of the soul is reproduction. And this is where Aristotle says the soul participates in the divine. Since you cannot continue to exist. Wait, pause. Oh, no, finish your thoughts. Okay. Since you can't continue to exist, you can make progeny that will keep you existing in some form. But it's a different soul? Which might, the kids it is a different soul. Okay. It's a different body. If I were to propagate a plant, so if I were to take a plant and cut off one of its little branches below a, a node mm-hmm. and put that in compost. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to have roots. Mm-hmm. And then you, bear, you, you plant that and you got yourself a new plant. It is presumably genetically identical to the parent plant. Mm-hmm. But for Aristotle, would it have a different soul? Yeah. It's a new, well, it's, it has a different body. Okay. Right? That body is doing gotcha. stuff. And so therefore, that body has a soul. Gotcha. It's, it's doing its own Interesting. thing. So he says the soul is the cause of the, cause of the body in three ways. It's from which movement itself arises. Okay. So it kind of causes the movement. It is for whose sake it is, right? So we, we do stuff so that we can reproduce for the sake of our soul. We want it to keep going, right? We want our body to continue. Hmm. We, want our, we want our organs to keep on doing organ stuff. But, but that's not why we have kids. Why do you have kids? Wait. Maybe. Because uh, you... Uh, what? I'm trying to understand how this relates to your, what, what, what question well, are you getting Well, because he's, he's saying like, we, um, we repro- you just said we reproduce because we want to keep on living. Well, I, that is like, that is the way we participate in the divine. I would say we reproduce because our soul, our organs want to. Gotcha. We want to keep on doing that. Okay. Most, most creatures do. Sure. Like that so is, some is sort of proper m- functioning of your body. Part of that is reproduction. Gotcha. And then it is also the formal substance of ensouled bodies, right? Which is what we talked about. So you are the ensouled body. That is one, one way soul participates. It's also the cause of your movement. It gets you going. And it's also why you move. You want to keep that soul going and because your soul wants to keep doing stuff. Um, and then this is where we get to our long kooky science about how food works. 
um, how up and down is different for plants. And then he, he goes into perception and talks about how light is the motion of transparent as transparent. Cool. So the medium of air is transparent. And when that works upon your eyeballs, that's where you get color. He points out that, look, man, you can't see color when you press the thing right up on your eyeball. Mm-hmm. So clearly it has to go through a medium. Cool. That's light. Yeah. Says the same thing about smell, that smell has to go through a medium. That's air. And that's why we can't smell in the water. Interesting. And why fish don't have throats okay. because they can't breathe. I like aerosols. <laughs> and okay. why, and why, so, and we, we only smell when we breathe in. And he's like, clearly that's different for different animals. They yeah. can smell when they breathe out. Don't know why that is, but our noses suck. He points out that we're really bad at smelling. Uh, we taste via the moist and wet. So for each of these, there's a medium, mm. right? See via transparent doing stuff, smell via air doing stuff, taste via the moist and wet, and touch our medium is the flesh. And he also points out that if you have hard skin, you are dumber. Oh. And we are all we are really good at touch because we have soft skin and we're smarter. So huh. think about, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. So right? Hard skin equals dumb. I feel like there's something to that. Oh, is there now? Tell me more. <laughs> well, you're too thick-skinned to get it. Yeah, no. exactly. Um, no, I don't know. You don't think so? I mean, but there's bugs. They have hard skin. Are they dumb? Kind of. Uh, who can say otherwise? I don't know. Sure. It's, he's right. I was just testing with the glass. Like, the closer it gets to my eye, the, the harder it is to perceive the color. It must be because the color is moving through the medium of air. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So this, this was the wacky science bit? This is the wacky science bit. I can read you the part about, about the, for those with hard skin are intellectually poor natured. Those with soft skin, the opposite. I mean, dolphins have soft skin. They're pretty smart. Yeah. Dogs have soft skin. They're smart. Yep. Turtles. Yeah. They have harder skin. Well, no, their they skin's pretty soft. Yeah. Yeah. Their actual skin is oh, soft. Was a hard, so what's a harder skinned f- creature? You got insects. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're That's the one dumb. I can think of. Yeah. They get stepped on. Who else has hard skin? Some lizards, probably. Crocodiles. Mm. Yeah. Elephants. Come on, those are smart. Oh, yeah, animals. elephants. We'll Rhino. Do. Yeah. Whales. Mm. These are the top ten animals with the toughest skin. Armadillos. No, but they just have armor, and they're probably stick a little soft unders. Under uh, the honey badger has tough skin. You going to tell me that the honey badger is dumb? No. Okay. I good. never would, because <laughs> they would come for me. They would destroy you. Okay. That is, that's the book. That was pretty much it. He talks about, yeah, what the definition of soul is. He gives you some crazy science about how the senses work. You can probably skip all that, although it is entertaining just to see how they thought digestion worked and sight and smell and taste and all that stuff. You don't think you need heat for digestion? You don't think if you're like really cold, it's going to be harder to digest? It might produce heat, but heat isn't the thing that does it. Mm. I mean, if we have... If we have no heat, we just die because sure. our bodies can't function. But again, a lot of this stuff is just because he didn't understand how things worked. He was only working with four four elements. Hot, cold, moist, dry. I guess. He did pretty good for the time. Sure. And his logic is pretty solid, but we've left most of it. I'm trying to see, yeah. I'm trying to see if the stomach is like warmer than the rest of the body, but I'm not seeing anything about that. Okay, so I have a few more things to talk about. No, here. Oh, Okay. This, I mean, like we are, we, we have some episode left right, and so we have big questions. Time. First is I, because that is all a little bit confusing, I pulled the definition from the Encyclopedia of Philosophy, the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy of what Aristotle says. So they say, slightly simplifying things by limiting ourselves to the sublunary world, meaning 
beneath the moon. Please do. <laughs> we can describe the theory as furnishing a unified explanatory framework within which all vital functions alike, from metabolism to reasoning, are treated as functions performed by natural organisms of suitable structure and complexity. The soul of an animate organism in this framework is nothing other than its system of active abilities to perform the vital functions that organisms of its kind naturally perform. So that when an organism engages in the relevant activities, it does so in the virtue of the system of abilities that is its soul. So it's system of abilities that you naturally do for your particular type of body. Is, um, does the soul have any dependence on the body? Like, could there accidentally be the form, a soul which is the form of something that got in the wrong body? Or, uh, do, do you get what I'm saying? Like... Yes, but but no, because it's not it's not a separate not thing separate than the thing. body. Yeah, it's yeah. the realization of an organic body doing its system of okay, abilities. Gotcha. Right, and this is uh, so, so it's I think not it's very this composite of these two uh, these two things. Well, it's just like like say you've got some wood, okay, and you have the idea of table. Yeah. So that's the soul. Yeah. So when you actually turn the wood into a table, you have an ensouled thing. So before I've done it, the soul exists only as potential. Yes. Only as potential. But when it's realized is when the body actually comes into fruition. Yeah. So that's, that's the soul. Gotcha. But I don't think the soul is a, it it is, it is not necessarily like a different pre-existing thing that a body gets. Gotcha. It is a body inactivity. And can you go after that taking part in the divine thing again? So the only way that we can live forever is by having kids. Yeah. Is kind of what he says. Yeah. This is how that we get to be like the gods because the gods exist forever. We can't necessarily do it. That's how we do it. Gotcha, gotcha. We got kids. Okay. So we live on in the same kind, not necessarily as the same being. But they're not having, they don't have the same soul. No. The form is different. The, their bodies are slightly yeah. different, yeah. Okay. Okay. Before we talk about that, I'm going to bring up my pet theory. Let's do and it. then we can get back to how this idea of soul applies to modern day. Let's get weird. So my pet, my pet question, I've been going through a lot of uh, transition stuff, thinking about old earth versus new earth and how that all links into Genesis and the origins of life. And one of the big questions about origins of life, the thing that makes me think, and sorry if we've got some atheistic listeners here, you might disagree with me. Totally okay. And if you can actually prove me wrong, that'd be great. You can shoot me an email. But... Ha ha, you stumbled on a religious podcast. Yeah. At this point, I'm not sure we've got any atheists. (laughs) Like any... Yeah, we probably have mostly Christian listeners. Anyway, in any case, um, what's really hard to explain, and I haven't seen any really solid attempts to explain it, is why the first cells, so say you get your first few organic molecules, they blip into existence. Never mind the incredible complexity that is required to have that soul plus reproduction exist at the same time. Like, for evolution to work, you have to get the soul, or sorry, the the cell, plus all the mechanics and machinery required to repeat that cell enough for it to go through changes. Right, so not only has it has has to reproduce, it has to pass on its, re, its the possibility of reproduction. All of that's incredibly complicated. the The hardest part for me is to understand why the molecules or cells would actually compete to stay alive. They don't desire anything. They're not feeling anything. There's no like not necessarily any pain that is coming down from where they are, and it takes effort to compete for the resources to stay alive. Why? It's a lot easier just to die. Why did those cells make any effort at reproduction, at continuing? They do not feel pleasure. They do not feel pain. And they don't want anything. And dying is easier. Would you say that plants want something? 
Yeah, plant, plants, well, this is the thing that is really hard to explain about life. Mm-hmm. Plants attempt to survive mm-hmm. and have no desires at all. Mm-hmm. And what you could say now, like the argument could be made that the only thing that has survived is the thing that wants to survive, right? Through evolution, you naturally select for those things that attempt to survive. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't explain the nascent stages of life. Why the very first few things would attempt to reproduce, to find food, to find resources. You're talking about like the zero to one problem, right? Like yeah. how do you go from the nothing well, to the to the the willpower or the of So it's not the zero to one, it's from one to two. Mm. Right. If we go zero to one and we all of a sudden have a thing that's alive, why didn't it just let itself tick down to zero? Yeah, yeah. Why? We we do it because we like it. We like life. We're afraid of death. We don't know what that Can't is. Can't that be the same answer for the little cell? No, because the, there's no liking. It doesn't have any of that. We're not. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have a central like those are there. How come it doesn't simple. have the same the same sense that a plant does? We That's wouldn't say would a say. plant likes to be alive. Well, again, with modern things, you could say that evolution has selected those things that attempt to keep on living, right? Just by chance, all the things that would let themselves run down to zero got selected out. Right. Can't say it about the first things. Well, maybe there was a lot of the things that got run down to zero, and this was the one that didn't. And then it keeps but, going. But it doesn't explain why that one didn't. Random chance. Like, isn't that the answer for most, most of those things? Uh, I mean, you can, you can try to explain many, many things by random chance, mm-hmm. but, but mechanical effort, like real work, mm-hmm. for no purpose by an, by an organic molecule, especially in the very early stages when there is an easier thing, mm-hmm. it do, it's incredibly hard to explain. Yeah. And I've talked to all our science teachers. I've talked to, I've looked it up. I've tried to get good answers. The only answer that someone has posited that seems even remotely plausible is that they aren't, they aren't actually trying to stay alive. They're more like tiny factories that just do things. Right. But even as you look, like reading the Wikipedia page about the early stages of life and like reading all those things, they talk about these cells doing things as if they are alive, as if they desire it. Not because they are simple machines. Maybe there was a cute girl molecule. <laughs> even even as a simple machine, yeah. like if you have a factory, you randomly appear. Factory randomly appears. There it is. Why does it turn on? Why is it making cars when it's way easier to just sit there? You have to get the pieces for the cars. You have to get the metal. You have to get the workers. It's a lot easier just not to. Yeah. yeah again, I assume the answer will boil down to something like random chance. Like random chance and lots and lots of time. Like those tend to be the answers for, right? But I, but even even then, I'm not sure that explains it. It's not an explanation. It's not like a satisfying explanation, right? Like yeah, I, I would agree with that. But even as like an attempt at an explanation, you can throw random chance at everything. But there are yes. things that I don't think random chance explains well. Um, which is fun because just listening to your description of these kind of increasing souls, like you could imagine that being like an evolutionary framework of like the vegetative appears first and then that kind of vegetative is enough to kind of move the, or is it nutritive? I'd uh, yeah. Nutritive vegetative. Same but you thing. need that like initial touch, like all that does is like perpetuate itself and there's no real intention behind it. And then intention comes later, right? You just need to keep the thing alive at first. Well, but there, but the thing is, is perpetuating yourself is intention. Like it takes, it takes effort. A plant, yeah. a plant grows towards the sun. Sure. It brings up water. Like it, it I'm saying it's not intending that like it does it by, it does it automatically. It does it not through choice. It does it through, it's always going to point toward the sun no matter what. Like, but this is, this is my, my point is that it is not a choice. The choice would be the thing that would help to explain life. Uh-huh. Having it not be a choice and still happen is the thing that's hard to explain. Like for plants, again, it could be, it could be selection over a long period of time. But that doesn't explain well the first cells. There is no choice. 
Um, they just they do it, and we can't explain why. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that and that's because the problem. It just, because it just happens. Yeah. yeah. Because it just happens, and right. it just happens is not a satisfying explanation for the the real effort, as opposed to real ease, which would be letting yourself tick down to zero and be destroyed. Sure. Right. Especially even in reproduction. Why would a cell want to re- reproduce itself? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like that that little bit bit of effort, taking all the resources to make another one of you, doesn't make sense when there's no desire involved. Yeah, again, sense or not is kind of separate from like what happened. So I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's one thing that makes me more skeptical about origins of life as random chance. It doesn't it doesn't explain well the the effort that life needs, and that that value of life is something that goes unquestioned in a lot of in a lot of ways, even in the modern world. Like, why should life be preserved? Outside of a moral framework, you can't really give a good answer other than that we like it. But everything wants to survive, right? Like, why? Because I don't want to die. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Again, pointing pointing out that it is the case that we all want to survive doesn't yeah. explain why we should continue to do that. It would be a whole lot easier to not. Uh, I guess. I don't we know. don't like pain. Yeah. It hurts. Pain hurts. Again, but that's because we have we have sense that's like we're beyond plants, and that's a modern thing. Whereas the early stages, we don't really have it. Anyway, that's my plants that's want, my pet. Plants thing. want to survive. But plants yeah. don't want to feel pain. They don't. They don't want anything. They're plants. They do things. Hmm. Again, it is really easy to give to give plants to, to give early, yeah, to anthropomorphize these things when there is no want. We are mm-hmm. recognizing that they are working, and we can't explain why. It's just like saying we do things by instinct. That that means we have no idea why we do certain things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't find that answer as unsatisfying as you do. What, like the random chance. No instinct. Like the plant does things by instinct. Like it is just made to reach toward the sun. In your example. But you've brought in a couple of things like it reach. It is made to reach towards the sun. Yeah. Which I. So there's choice there. No, there's no choice. It just does it. I don't understand. Anyway. Yeah. So the anthropomorphization, it's a long word, of of early things is is always hard for me to to handle. I I still haven't found a satisfying explanation for why why the early things continued to persist. Outside of outside of choice, because they didn't have any. A satisfying answer with outside of some sort of like divine creator. Outside yeah, of yeah, divine yeah. creator, right? Divine creator makes sense. Other other things don't make as much sense. Um, okay, so we have our definition of soul. Um, how do you guys feel about this in a Christian context? Like, does this does this jive with the church? What? How do we how do we take this idea of soul that it's the actual actualization of a body and then kind of hook that to? Oh, I'm sure Aquinas took it and made it right. Um, Let's see. That um, does Christianity require a soul that is separate from the body? No, I don't think so. I think bodies are an important part of the person. At least in sort of the theology, or at least in the, the story that we have, is that in the end. You, uh, the human person is you're gonna have a new body, right? So in, in Christian theology, we don't. I know it's sort of like a popular idea to think of like, you know, when the cartoon cat or dog gets killed and the little like grayed out, yeah, the little grayed out mm-hmm. angel separate leaves and goes up into heaven. But that's not that's not the Christian view. The Christian view is that there are new bodies, and and like the, that the, the person is a human is a is a spiritual and physical composite. That we've got this 
this um, that which is of the angels and that which is of the animals together, and so that the, 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 yes, that human beings are um, inexplicable cannot be separated from the physical body. That the soul and the body need to be together. But even in yours, you've you've made us a composite. His idea is that there is no real composite. You are a body acting. Yeah, I, I, my guess is it's probably a difference without a distinction, uh, whether you call it a composite or whether you call it a, a body working. A body work, yeah, a functional body, like a body that is doing what it's supposed to be doing. But it's not quite, I mean, you said it's the stuff of the angels and the stuff of the earth. The, he, his, Aristotle would say there's no stuff of the angels. Yeah. There's nothing extra. You are a body working. Uh, then there's probably then there's probably the difference there then, is that there... Um, that the, that the human person being the spiritual, physical composite, the body-soul composite, is probably a, a, a departure from Aristotle. Do you think the, the spiritual might just be us trying to explain things that we can't explain yet? When we say, yes, our body activates and does certain things, it does it by spirit. But Do really deep down, it's just like electricity? Yeah, electricity and molecules and... That sort of stuff happening. Eh, no. would, that, would that mess with you if that, if that turned out to be the case? I just don't think we can ever prove that that is the case. At every point, you can probably drill down and you could probably uh, categorize every human action and be able to... The thing is, it's like you could probably map the brain, but the map is different than the territory. Like the map is not the same thing as the thing. Like you could probably do a brain map and say like, look, when this thing happened, we had this electricity. That doesn't show causality. That just shows correlation. You know what I mean? I know exactly what I yeah. actually thought about this when yeah. I was looking at uh, earlier today as I was looking up how cells divide. Yeah. They, they talk about a cell decides to divide when. Yeah. And, it's, and it communicates via chemicals. It hasn't pointed out causation. Yeah. Just what happens. It's just showing what's happening. It's showing so. what happens in the cell. So causation is incredibly hard for us to, to nail down. Why does a cell do a particular thing? And I know there's probably biologists out there who are just... I mean, if, so if you so if you have a, if you're if you have a a system a system of thought that completely re- removes any kind of spiritual element to things, then you start talking about causality with the with what, what is observed. But if your system of thought includes the fact that there that there is supernatural things outside of the natural world, then the cause then then the what you see as causation isn't, I mean, it's, it's not solid. Like it's, um, um, like, yeah, again, if you, if you have a, a heat map of the brain, you've got sections of the brain firing off when certain stimuli are happening. Um, you are making a pretty big leap of faith to say, to, to, to say causality, that it's a, this electricity is sort of causing this thing. Even if it's coming like milliseconds before the action, like even still, you're in the in this realm of of you're attributing you causality. Yes, you, you're noticing some electricity going somewhere in the brain, but you haven't said why it has it for started sure. going there. Um, so I mean, like if you eventually you, do, you would have to say that like reason and willpower are illusions that we are under based on me- for mechanical chemical reasons. And I'm, there's probably people who are very comfortable with saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if that is going to be the, the thing that you rest on, you get down, like you've got no moral framework f- ground. You got no solid Archimedean point to build off a like moral paradigm to live out of. Everything is just then if everything's material, everything is just power. And so are force. you, are you kind of saying that 
so Aristotle says the soul is like a body in activity, but are you saying that if you drill down into all the activity of the body, at some point you find causation, like something is propelling that yeah, activity. I think so. It's causing the cells mm-hmm. to send out the things. It's causing the cells to divide. I mean, you could say that it's DNA, but something makes we the just DNA call get it. Red. We just call it life, right? Like, isn't that? I remember being in like ninth grade biology, and we're like, all right, we're going to learn what it means for things to be alive, and eventually you get down to. It's alive. Here are the categories that we use to describe a thing that is alive. It can reproduce. It can grow. But it's like, okay, d- d- you, we've analyzed life, but like we haven't, we haven't like isolated the thing itself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you've, you've given me you've its put it a category. You've given me its categories. You've given me like the taxonomy of life, but you haven't given me the 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 uh, as the what you would have in in the old Greek the idos the idea of it or the thing itself. It's like saying here's what cars are. Well, you've got your Chevys, yeah. you got your Fords, <laughs> yeah. you got your Buicks, right? But you yes. haven't actually said here is the essence of yeah. what. This is interesting because this is because I was for the episode that's coming next. I was going to do a re a recap of the platonic soul and talk about analysis and dialectic, which is sort of this kind of getting into this, into this territory. Well, the platonic is, is pl- try that again. The platonic soul is less an attempt to describe what life is yes, and more definitely. an attempt to describe how humans properly function. For, exactly. Right. Yes. In, in their intellect, like as, as they function as human beings in the world, it has yes. almost nothing like, Oh, I wasn't saying my episode is in competition with yours. I was actually yours, wondering if we were no, going to no, be yours is fighting. Gonna, no, no, we're not fighting. No, because you're right. Plato doesn't even Plato just doesn't kind of care about this like like Aristotle does. Yeah, and even Aristotle, his attempt seems to be saying here is what appears to be yeah. like bodies in function. Yeah, and it, and the further I go, the more I think there seems to be this thing you call life mm-hmm. that that is the impetus for all of these things to function. And maybe that might be what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Like there is life. I don't think he necessarily t- makes an attempt to describe it, but he says it is the body in activity. Yeah, which is maybe more accurate than saying here are the things that denote life. It's yeah. just this body does a certain thing. And that's why where I land that maybe there is a thing called soul and it is that which animates the body, not mm-hmm. Aristotle's version, which is the body animated. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. What do you think maybe? Are we uh, heretics all of a sudden? Or uh? Well, that's nothing new. Um, <laughs> I've, yeah, I think part of what you're talking about I've had the back at the back of my mind is that I think what he's talking about is something different than what probably a listener coming to the show is thinking of when we talk about the soul. Mm-hmm. Like by the soul, we mean the thing that is distinct from the body. The little grayed out thing that goes up to heaven when goes the cat heaven, gets hit with example, it by from a truck. Before, yeah. Or the, the thing that persists after death or the thing that, you know, might have existed before life. So, um, but. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to tackle. Is there such a thing? I think you've indicated, well, you've indicated book three might wrinkle some of this. So I don't want to answer that question now. Um, Ooh, cliffhanger. But yeah, as always, like. 4,000 year old cliffhanger. (laughs) Like we have to understand Aristotle's argument in terms of his definitions. And so, and and we haven't gotten the full argument yet if we haven't finished the book. So yeah, he is talking about some like thing that gives animation that gives life and motion to a body in the first place. And like, we would say that that is a thing and maybe we'll get in eventually. It's like, is that the soul or is that some other thing? And that might be, again, I I don't feel like I've heard enough to answer that question yet. Yeah. I think maybe he's sort of dodging the question by saying it is the life and motion of the body. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, here's the thing animating. He's just like, it is the animation. I don't know if that's a dodge or not. I don't know. But it makes, I mean, it helps to make more sense of people who seem to lose part of their personality when their brain is damaged. 
Because that this is always the problem of like, okay, if your bo- if the soul is totally immaterial, then right. why is my brain so important yeah, to yeah, the yeah, operation yeah. Of, of myself? Right. And so I like Aristotle is right to place a lot of significance on the this body, this composite that was the term Graham was using. Like that, it makes sense for him to do that. I'm not sure that's the same as the soul. Like the brain can just be a very important part of the body and separate and distinct from the soul. And I mean, this was a theological problem that early church had to figure out. It was like, all right, we had Jesus. Was he a body? Was he not a body? And there was, you know... Um, Something indwelling him. Yeah, that, that, uh, and they had to work through this this idea as well. Like, is uh, what is, like, the sort of basic anthropology, like, what is man and what is the soul? Is it a thing that can be, like, plopped in and plopped out, plugged in, like, software to hardware, which seems... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, talking about this, it makes me wonder if the soul isn't that, that animating principle and then the body is the thing which it animates. And so you can lose, you can lose a part of the functioning, but that animation, whatever that animating principle is, the thing that starts the electricity going, that's the soul maybe like, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not sure where I land on this. I looked up some scripture and it talks about, you know, the soul going on much of it, much of the references to the soul are merely about your feelings, right? My soul exults when... X, Y, Z happens, or you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, those are clearly not referencing the soul as we are trying to conceive of it here. Yeah. As like a separate thing. And plus, I mean, Aristotle's, this he's getting into like, he's the Greek Hellenistic thing, whereas a lot of scripture is Jewish. Jewish. So it's, it's, it's a different, yeah, the, the mixing of those two things in the early church ends up being this sort of, well, that's why it became... All these questions had to be had to be ironed out yeah. by using proper hermeneutics. And if you want to know how to do that, you <laughs> can go back to, to that episode. Yeah, it just makes me wonder if life is the same thing as kind of like a transcendental, right? That thing that cannot be defined by referring to anything else. Um, maybe. Let's but think. life is motion. Like, so life is the opposite of death. Like, isn't that the other thing? That I'm in reference to. Well, just like saying truth. Truth is one of those things that's a transcendental, right? And it's the opposite of. Lies. Death, right? Or sorry, falsehood. falsehood. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyway, all these things are sort of bouncing around in my head as I read this. Is how we we like to view it as something eternal, but we're not quite sure how to deal with the body as the body. Especially, and and the modern conception obviously is that soul does not exist. We only have the body. When the body dies, you're done. Yeah. 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 That sucks. Yeah, and I wonder if a lot of modern Christians are sort of towing the line between these two ideas where we've sort of accepted both, but not really come to terms with what that means. I think so. I mean, it's pretty easy just to fall into whatever the like easy answers to, or the the sort of like, I don't know, crowdsourced answers. What am I trying to say? The common. Yeah. Yeah. The zeitgeist. Exactly. It's easy to fall into the zeitgeist. Uh, and Eve and, um, and sort of paper it over with whatever faith tradition you're in, right? Like, um, it's one of those like you believe that sort of half believe in naturalism, but don't even acknowledge it to yourself. Sure. That kind of thing. Yeah, those sorts of things. Anyway, okay. Well, that's. I mean, that's that's cool. my episode. All right. A little short today. Maybe we'll uh, tackle some more of that in between. Was it like 50 minutes? I think we're at like 45. Okay. Well, listeners, we'll um, reimburse you. Well, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> that extra time. Extra time. We will do an in between at. right after this. So, oh no, it's about fifty minutes. Hey, all right, cool. you, did, you did great. I did good. Good job. That was a good episode. Thank you, AJ. 
you can find us online at classicalstuff.net. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash classicalstuff, where we post in between episodes, monthly AMAs, and um, other stuff. It's mostly that. Uh, you can email us, the guys at classicalstuff.net. And you can find us on Twitter, uh, C-L-S-S-C-A-L stuff. You mean X? I meant Twitter. Uh, thank you all. <laughs> I've been reading X. articles and all of them say X. Formally, 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 formally known as Twitter. I know. <laughs> so embarrassing. That whole thing is ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. <laughs> so silly. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And we will talk with you all again soon. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye.